0: yeah I had um that did you see that tattoo that somebody had of, tr- of Trump with a dick in his mouth yeah yeah I was like that's so perfect I love it so much it's like the yeah. stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen but also hilarious and like a cell phone I was like I have to make that my desktop <laughs> picture on my computer but then I, we were recording a podcast yesterday with somebody and every time I was like trying to make a point I'd like look over <laughs> at it and I'd be like totally distracted I'm like oh
1: <laughs>
0: like, I just totally lost my train of thought. That's
1: fun. so funny. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on in this. There's a lot going on here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it seems like it's a very fringe kind of response that I think. Both you and I had Peter, right? Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People are like, "Well, no, it's it's just a joke. Obviously, it's uh, it's satire. Don't you guys get the
2: joke?" Um, Obviously not. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I know, right? The alternative to getting the joke is obviously just not getting the joke. There's no idea. There's no like sense that you could criticize the joke for some reason.
0: Yeah, it's like this weird sort of litmus test, right? Where it's like, "Oh, you don't get the joke." Well, if you don't get the joke, then you don't understand Jacobin. And it, it, I I I don't know. There's so many layers to this. I don't even know where to begin yeah. because so is is Jacobin like a satirical magazine now. We should we should totally understand that like what they're doing here is satire. Is the whole thing supposed to be satirical or are the people on the bottom? satire like is that satire or the are these is it is it a joke that there's people down here i mean we're supposed to get it from the the
2: um, the drones the, i guess the like drones the, that look that's like what clouds people kept citing to me like you need yeah. to you need to look at the drones to understand that it's that that's the tell and it's like i don't think that's really the tell because i know that there's drones there and it still takes me a minute to realize there are drones there right yeah, and one of the the
0: glaring things that Alex pointed out to me was why isn't Kamala on the on this cover,
1: <laughs> right? Like, why she, she's missing? Why is she missing? What- Weird omission, right? The only thing I I tried, uh, I was struggling to find a way like to make sense of this. I was thinking maybe maybe it's that piece of like French propaganda where it's like the pyramid of you know people on the bottom and then. It mm-hmm. says like, we serve you, we fool you, we rule you yeah. kind of thing. I thought I was like really struggling. I mean, it, it clearly is not even You're just trying to map it onto that. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense.
0: I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it kind of does. But then again, why is there, you know, this large
2: figure in the center? Well, also, the thing is, it it's not necessarily like that something has to be satire to map onto that either. Like that's Mm -hmm. just an accurate sort of representation of like a segmented class society, which is, you know, um, segmented beyond like the idea of ownership. Like if you segment by, you know, sort of purpose or, or stuff like that, you could very easily map like a Rawlsian class analysis right onto that without it being critical of capitalism
0: at all. It could be, it could be a reference to that, which, you know, kind of makes little bit of sense, but then again I'm 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 asking, well, why is there this large deity in the middle, which does not map directly onto that? Mm -hmm. And it's it's implying that Joe Biden is like their their savior and their saint. And I'm like in a way, you know, um you and I, Peter, both talk about fandom culture a lot. Um that's a big theme. (laughs) And like, you know, my work I talk about how, you know, figures like Elizabeth Warren or Stacey Abrams, or AOC we're seeing now, or even Bernie Sanders are, are turned into these, you know, superhero, like they're blended with like Marvel type characters. Mm-hmm. And we see like candles with, you know, this deity stuff on them, but you never really see this kind of fandom culture for Joe Biden, right? Like, is this sort of satire of, is, is, is the wink and nod supposed to be to fandom culture, Which it's, it looks exactly like it looks like a parody of that. But Mm -hmm. Jacobin never talks about fandom culture. They never, they never demystify what fandom culture is to their audience. So is this one of those like hyper meta things where they're like, oh, you're supposed to already understand that? And we're Mm -hmm. making fun of the libs because they see Joe Biden as their like saint. But I don't even see the libs really giving a shit about Joe Biden as much as they care about figures like Stacey Abrams or Kamala or just Harris. Kamala.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that like part of it too is uh like there was kind of a failed attempt at starting a Joe Biden fandom. They there was some libs that were doing this like goofy cartoon of him being strong uh like and virile and stuff and like it was I supposed to be sexy. That. Uh it was it was during the campaign and it it fell flat on its face because it's stupid. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden. Like in order to be a fan of somebody, like they have to be like regularly appearing places and saying things. And that... be like
0: a, a sentient living being that. <laughs> yeah, you know... exactly. <laughs> you,
2: can't, you can't just be like, like like when people see somebody just sort of being herded around, it's so much harder to like be like, yeah, I'm with that guy. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Right. That's and I, I think I do. That that's, yeah, I think that's why it sort of didn't work out. But at the same time, like, I think that even strengthens your point because they've even tried to do the fandom culture and it didn't really catch.
0: Yeah, right. They're they're saying, "Oh, those libs, they just worship Joe Biden." But I don't see the libs right. worshiping Joe Biden at all. I, I, if anything, they kind of ignore him, and he's more he's more just like uh, he stands in in as the antithesis of Trump. Right. I mean, he's yeah. the
1: politics of anti-fandom. Yeah, so he is a, a representation he's the face of trump anti-fandom uh and then there oh, are. oh
2: other- that's a really good point yeah. i i think that that's absolutely true it's more he is a void uh which they are they are following simply because it's a the opposite or in a lot of cases kind of the even the back to normal thing may figure into that to some extent the the fandom i mean if you paint it that way too, it's extremely reactionary because you're talking about going back to an earlier political state. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. The idea that like they're worshiping the void as opposed to the person, like he's simply an avatar for a, a void against yeah. something else,
1: which makes the cover kind of incoherent. Because you know, the, if you read if you read the the text of the magazine too, that issue is all about pushing Biden left, holding Biden accountable um which come on like in all (laughs) seriousness like the idea that like they're like let's
2: let's make fun of joe biden really bad on the cover we're gonna get him so bad with this (laughs) image that is like maybe satire kind (laughs) of and then throughout the whole thing we're gonna talk about how we gotta work with him with some degree of pressure to get him to do the things that we want him to do it's come on
1: really Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, uh, it's setting the tone for the next two years. It really mm-hmm. is. Where Jacobin has, uh, and I think this is, lo- you know, someone, some people are kind of tying the, the Jacobin milieu to the irony left milieu, uh, mm-hmm. where they're kind of reasserting, they, they, for a little while they had to be anti-fascist and get the orange Cheeto man out of office. Yes, uh, and now they're reasserting that they're naughty and subversive, and but still, like you know, trying to trying to make this left project work uh, without really changing anything, without challenging. Like, well, how do we how do we get here in the first place? Like a year ago, Jacobin, you know, I feel a sense of I feel shitty. Like you know, nine months ago, Jacobin had me convinced that Bernie was going to win, and mm-hmm. I just needed to give like five dollars a month yeah. and yeah. Like donate my wealth to to uh, political consultants for Bernie. And mm-hmm. it was a total, it was a total grift. Like we just ended up getting sheepdogged, um, you know, into the it DNC feels like apparatus. A betrayal. It feels like mm-hmm. a, a betrayal. It's like,
0: yeah, that's, th- that's the thing is like, when I saw this is I had this visceral reaction of like, they're laughing in our fucking face about well, it.
2: Well, and then the other thing is if the magazine itself is full of content that's ultimately saying, here's how we hold Biden accountable, Uh, here's how we push Biden left, or even if just alluding to those ideas, um, what we end up with is uh, like a necessity to capitulate to the power structure as it is, because there's not really any like option. Like we can push Biden left means Mm. we have to accept Biden. To hold Biden accountable means through what means the, state the capitalist state as it exists right now like it's more or less saying like this is how shit is yeah um we're unable to you know change that uh there will be no (laughs) no fundamental change as biden himself said um yeah it's it's, it feels like
0: it's making light of of the fact that we're totally losing ground like we're totally Mm -hmm. or whatever ground we thought we had i mean that's sort of the 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 place i am mentally where i'm like was all this just from the start, you know, because it felt mm-hmm. like, you know, right around 2016, there was this momentum that seemed to be building on the left. But mm-hmm. as we saw towards the end of Trump's administration toward, uh, within the last year, w- we're seeing all these things that seemed very leftist, very sort of like, you know, populist leftist sentiment to be total bullshit. And mm-hmm. and this cover kind of is, is like, ha ha, You know, it's like, nobody cares. Nobody cares that all of this shit is fake. But that's the thing is like, I I think that Jacobin and, and this is like going to be very seem very accusatory, but like, I think Jacobin's kind of part of that. I think Jacobin is analogous to BreadTube in that Mm -hmm. manner that like, and, and that doesn't mean that everyone who's participated with Jacobin or written for Jacobin is like, in on something or whatever no they get
2: paid like 120 bucks for an article like oh really it's not like, it's not like they're wow.
0: they're like uh they're an awesome
2: organization that. who's particularly fair to the people who write for them or anything i but heard the it organization like itself exists you heard 50 it was 50 bucks?
1: bucks twink well Twink revolution pays their writers more than jacobin per article. yeah yes so. <laughs> like a couple of podcasters or paying more than uh it's they said crazy. they said that they just they stopped going out to brunch into restaurants and they were able uh, to pay the writers more than jacobin <laughs> does so it's also
2: uh, just a much better platform like a much much better like uh organization institution in terms of actually critical politics
0: well yeah that's the thing because they're not funded by and then this is like the thing that i always come back to you know it's it's tied to the the video that i made last year will the revolution mm-hmm. be funded because that's what this all comes down to is like, can, can we actually accept funding and, and really like maintain this like ideological base, which I think is how we make any, we, we gain any kind of traction. Well, that's not-
2: politics. Like if you have a base and are able to weaponize mm-hmm. it against power that you want to make changes in or totally subvert. Right.
0: Well, and I think that's, that's what it is. It's like, it was a false base that was created. It was this mm-hmm. uh, base that that had sort of the aesthetics, uh, and mm-hmm. and and the vibe and the feeling. Of, there was a lot of vibe going on. A yeah. lot of vibing. Of <laughs> yes, yeah, right. That's the key
2: word, vibe. <laughs> It was a all a vibe. It was I get, all. I get vibe. class reductionist vibes from this guy. <laughs> Do you remember? I somebody actually fucking tweeted that. I get class reductionist vibes. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> class reductionist vibes. Yeah. You Clearly have have uh, that whole thing.
0: I don't even know how class reductionist is supposed to be this like insult too. It's like basically saying, oh, you're an actual socialist. Ew. <laughs> like you well, actually yeah, care about class. It,
2: Exactly. In their heads, class reductionism is literally just talking about class. There's no like, like they'll say like, it's not about that. It's, it's about reducing things, but it's, if you bring up class, you will be called the class reductionist. Right. Um, So it, 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 I don't know. It's a load of shit. I I don't even need to get into it. Well,
1: I think, I think, I I think everything that we're talking about is kind of related. And also Mm -hmm. the Bernie mittens memes is also related. Like this is, yes, I agree. this is the beginning of we're, we're, we're seeing the future, you know, in real, it's coming at us really fast and we're seeing how people are, how things are getting shifted over um, to help support, ultimately support and like Mm -hmm. support Biden without challenging, truly challenging power uh, and for people to reassert and strengthen their, their class position. uh, And for many, like, some of the same people that last year were crying about snake emojis, saying that snake emojis are literal violence, are now posting and saying that like Bernie is a rampant misogynist. They're now posting these cute defanged memes of Bernie Sanders wearing mittens. Because it's all at the end of the day, it's all about like life goes on for these people. And yeah, they're setting they're setting themselves up oh, and he's establishing good establishing the pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: I think the funniest thing to me is like the really principled like uh anti bernie people in this time when like they see this image of bernie sanders being <laughs> used explicitly to support their own agenda and they're just like no he is a fucking misogynist <laughs> this piece of shit <laughs> oh
1: they're just i feel bad for them they're dead enders you know like it's a yeah they are they're dead end. it's fucking hilarious are you referring
0: to the women who said that bernie sanders is like like misogynist
2: because he's like not emotional emotional yeah (laughs) you can at least engage in emotional labor which women have to do all the time he can't even give a mutual
1: aid handjob with his mittens on
2: yeah so well the thing that's funny about that is like you're implying that women are literally like putting on fake emotions at all times which is like that's a kind of a fucked up thing to say about women Yeah, women posting
0: their L's online. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, all this like identitarian stuff always ends up like backfiring if you if you like think it through, but they don't think it through, so it's all it's all just signifiers. So
2: reliably, like the American like media consumer base, like uh, whether you're talking liberal or conservative, um, they also won't think about it. (laughs) Yeah. So in terms of, I think uh, this cover. I think a lot of it is like relying on the idea that it could be taken as satire and also be taken as kind of um I don't want to say that it's like blatant support, but I think that it is support in yeah. that it sort of accepts the conceptions right. of of a power structure that has got Joe Biden at the center of it currently well Um, you know the
0: way i think about it is think about looking back at this cover 10 years from now and and mm -hmm. looking at sort of the historical sort of you know covers of political magazines and saying oh at the time they were the left was really in support like are people going to realize that this they 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 like need the context of this moment to say like oh obviously it's satire you just don't get it people 10 years from now will look back at this and say oh wow the jacobins were actually in favor of uh
2: the yeah, jacobin <laughs> fucking love joe biden that, wow that, that the socialists but were really in then, favor of this by 10 10 years from now that will that will seem very normal though because Jacobin oh will be like the new yorker uh, yeah right, <laughs> right right i know
0: right and also like if you removed the words jacobin from the top mm-hmm. it doesn't even look like a joke it doesn't no it, no if you exactly it's the new yorker cover but Or, you know, of the political version, you know, the New Yorker cover, same art style was, Mm -hmm. you know, normalizing uh, what our lives are like. The whole
2: alienation of the like sort of Zoom lifestyle where you have to, you know, it doesn't matter how dirty your room is, which I mean, that's something I've lived my whole life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's not new. I don't need that normalized for me. But (laughs) they sort of like that whole thing it, exactly it's a normalization of the thing that's happening right now uh, whether it's satirical or not it doesn't matter a lot of people pushed back on the idea like this is satirical as well hey yeah. no that I, I don't give a shit because mm-hmm. uh, the way the new yorker used it was literally to get people's attention who are uh, interested in political talk i guess um which is and, the same
0: thing as jacobin i mean they got well, a ton yeah. of
2: attention for this but if you go into the New Yorker, they're talking about the new normal. They're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, how this is how things are. Whereas Jacobin is attempting at least to maintain like a an image of some kind of resistance here because it's yeah. about holding Biden accountable, pushing Biden left, getting, you know, concessions from Biden. But again, and they got him,
0: huh? They really sliced
2: the libs yeah, open know, the, on <laughs> this
0: one. They really the key,
2: fucking get Mo, kick their ass it's closed <laughs> kids are out of the cages you know <laughs> medicare for all like that's a thing now uh-huh. um
0: just you can't even like see the words white fragility on this book too they're like see we're making fun of them but you can't even read it like if yeah. it's if it's satire if this is really like an obvious dig on the libs and why are so ma- many people saying like oh you just don't get it like, why are they, defend? Yeah. they have to defend it. They have like an army of people defending, like, you just don't, you don't get satire. Oh my God. I can't believe
2: you don't understand yes. this. Well, I guess, well, the thing is, is that Baskar Sunkatra, like screen captured both of us. This, <laughs> like, like, oh man, you guys, you just don't get the satire. And then suddenly <laughs> we, the Jacobin readership was like, oh, these these two don't get the satire. They don't understand the satire. <laughs> and, and what's we really sad—we have to go into their mentions and make sure that everybody knows that they don't understand the satire. Yeah. yeah.
1: What's really sad too is, you know, it's clear who the target was. Like, you know, sometimes people, as we, as you've pointed out many times, Peter, like brands put out ambiguous advertising to to court attention, which you know, exactly, courts supports, supports them, and it's really interesting, like, in telling between this cover and also, I think. Carl Bezier apparently is claiming that he like he troll he tried to troll the post left with an article that he published in Jacobin. They're mm-hmm. obsessed with punching on the post left. This is designed to trigger the post left and people that are like I don't know Jacobin critical on the left. And uh, it didn't hit liberals at all. It didn't hit fascists at all. Who they're you know that people are mm-hmm. so concerned about it. Sh- the only people really mad about this are people that are. Critical of Jacobin, and it's like, wh- you know, what? Is, why does Funny Jacobin how that works. exist? Uh, well, they need they to, need like, somebody yeah. who's
2: coming at them to you know paint themselves as like subversive in some way. Because if even the left thinks they've got some kind of like, I, I, and and if even the left, the left, the boring academic left, the, which the post left does not even kind of map to, might I add, but the boring academic post left, whatever the fuck, is our enemies. They don't get satire, they don't understand humor, they're just humorless people. Yeah. Look at how dull and you know, annoying they are. They're pedantic, they use big <laughs> words, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the thing is like Carl kind of
0: teased me a little bit because I have in my uh, my my bio, I have like Wolf Blitzer Stan account, which is a mm-hmm. reference to when Carlos Maza said in the New York times that nobody's a wolf blitzer Stan, which is why he needs to make content on, on YouTube. That's like appealing
2: to like <laughs> the kids. He needs to beat YouTube by making content for them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh God. Um,
0: but yeah, I said, you know, Carl, in order for like satire or irony to work, people have to, there has to be like a general, I didn't say this to him, but there has to be like a general understanding of, a baseline of understanding of what a concept is for the audience mm. to then for the, you to then subvert it in a way that's funny and makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there has mm-hmm. to be like people, ha- there has
2: to be like, there has to be some kind of general public understanding or like yeah. demographic understanding of the thing being made fun of in the first place. Yeah. Um, as like, uh, a, a, a target with certain contexts, and then you can subvert one of those contexts and make your point. Um, I think that what we're talking about here is basically like Jacobin, which is this magazine that claims to be like to the democratic Party's left more or less, you know, publishing a big image of Joe Biden, which is fancy and resembles a lot of corporate art right now and yeah, is yeah. Full, filled with stuff saying again, um, how to hold biden accountable how to push him left how to get what we want out of him via concessions and political pressure it is it doesn't demonstrate a real like satirical point like you're not really subverting anything you're just right. sort of putting the image there and then saying like all right these are the constraints this is how we could work within those constraints that's not satire really right and then
0: yeah and then all the people responding by saying oh you don't you don't get it you're not in the club it acts
2: I mean fine I don't need to be in the club that's
1: (laughs) well
0: right (laughs) right but that's yeah that's how I mean that's how like this is how leftism quote unquote works in in these NGO academic spheres is it's Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. like kind of elitist club and it's They don't give a shit about regular working class people. They obviously don't because if they did, they, the joke would be obvious to Mm -hmm. working class people and you wouldn't get their devoted followers saying, Oh, you don't get it. You don't get it. You're not smart enough to get it. Like if, if you're, if the working class doesn't get your, get your joke and your satire, you're not appealing to them. You're appealing to a very specific demographic of people who read Jacobin, who like to feel
2: smarter than everyone else and the aesthetic being used i think sort of also like um it it signifies the idea that it's not so much like a revolutionary thing because like we said earlier it would easily like you could put it next to the new yorker cover and it would literally look like two pieces of art from the same artist you could put it next to tons of current advertising and like uh you know how-to content i guess uh, you can find tons of that. It's like stock, like illustrations for stuff. It all looks exactly like that. Yep. And that's not something. And when the, when a working class person sees something that fits so cleanly into that, they're not thinking like, oh, they're getting them good. They're thinking, right. ah, it's another one of those fucking things.
0: Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people were like, wow, they, you know, they, they didn't think it was a joke. And if, if, if a lot of people don't
2: realize it's a joke, then you didn't land the fucking joke. And it's not like explaining a concept that is like difficult to understand or or using a big word or something like that where like it's very easy to like uh, explain exactly what's going on because it's not like there's nothing about the cover that is easily explainable as satire again right what is the satire right if the satire is Biden bad then how does how is it that like if you put this on like the news shelf in a gas station like everybody would go fucking Biden shit (laughs) like I don't get it I I, like what and yeah sure I I understand that like with the audience that is intended for yeah it's satire but What's the point of the satire? Like to get right. to just tell them that they're right. Like that's to, not
1: satire either, really. To isolate the left even further in its own mental palace. Yeah, mm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think this is a clarifying moment, and I think people that uh, perhaps people who uh, look down on our ilk for calling out recuperation and calling out recuperated movements, this is it, we're watching it happen in real time and mm-hmm. we can we can say something about it now before it hopelessly takes over everything i mean it mm-hmm. already has but like we're we're saying we're pointing something out as it's happening and this is an opportunity for people to to understand it as it happens because we're at the beginning of this biden administration this is setting the tone for the next 2 to 4 years and it's not it's not pretty you know like the left the left is going to become even more irrelevant and even more insular And I I get it. Like the working class is not hungering for our analysis and breakdown of the Jacobin cover. They don't even know what the, you know, it doesn't intersect with the working class. Mm. And that's, no, that's part of the problem is like, we're calling out, like, if this is the flagship of the left and many, the people that were in charge of the Bernie campaign value Jacobin as this like agenda setting institution, then we're saying that the left is fucking useless at this point. Yeah. If this is, if this is the best that we have, you know, or that they have at this point.
2: I think that's a really good way of putting it because like the Bernie apparatus did access the working class of this country. They did manage to tap into that. And then ultimately, like if these are the sort of stewards of that, while there is not a political campaign going on, ultimately like, yeah, it's just going to sort of revert back to this, Oh, the left is so fucking. What the fuck is this? Why are they right. fucking give me images of Joe Biden with a fucking halo? I don't, I don't. I don't need that shit. It's a joke. Um, yeah, it is a joke. And and you know, fine. Yeah, you you and in, in your Jacobin folks get the <laughs> joke. <laughs> Good for you. Um, if you think like like Jacobin, like let's be real, it's this magazine that is filled with a lot of like um stuff that's not particularly let's just say market, it's market socialist. Like the Bhaskar Sunkatra wrote a book about how to implement market socialism called the Socialist Manifesto. It's stuff that like ultimately the end game of the people that own it is not so total systemic change, but rather some aesthetic changes, co-ops, stuff like that, which isn't bad. Like I'm not gonna say it's bad or evil or it probably would be nicer than it is now. However, doesn't address the problems that people... Who were supporting, say, Bernie Sanders, recognize exist in their own lives. Yeah. It's it's the the problems that they see are are this rampant inequality. Co-ops would help like the people who own, uh, like and work at various companies, uh, but you'd still have competition, and you ultimately, I think, still see um, monopolies form, and you would still have the issue of finance capital becoming like okay great you've got co-op banks like co-op wells fargo still does all the same shit you know like (laughs) that's the and, and these problems ultimately affect the working class because you start talking about like trade deals you start talking about where the jobs are going you start talking about the fact that money is worth half of what it was worth in 1990 you start talking about stuff that actually affects people health insurance um etc etc and i'm sorry but like this doesn't speak to any of that it nope. doesn't say a goddamn thing about any of that like no. sure yeah drones are bullshit yeah i get it drones are bullshit i don't like drones but like you're also like, trying to paint yourself as, like I said, the steward of the uh, the sort of Bernie-style politics and the place for those people who were interested in politics through Bernie Sanders to go. And you're signaling, basically, like, hey, we don't really care about any of that yeah. shit. What we care about is holding Biden accountable, yeah. which is... I mean, even if that's like the thing that somebody gets out of the cover, like, oh, good, they're holding Biden accountable. It's still not something that speaks to the working class. Right. Yeah, the, wor- the the working class is
0: worried about a lot of things right now. And they don't give a shit about this stuff. They do not give a shit about Joe Biden or or any of that shit. They care about making their rent. They care about mm-hmm. uh, losing their job. They care about you know having to, to work on these gig pla- gig. Uh, gig working platforms care about the pandemic. They care about, and this cover, this cover just says, Oh no, it's just a big joke. You know, it's just, we don't have to take any of this shit seriously. It's all this spectacle. It's not even Mm -hmm. real to these people. The, 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 the stakes are not even real to these people. And that's kind of what they're demonstrating here they don't they don't give a shit no there's another image that kind of got some controversial play this week too uh mm-hmm. this uh this meme by neobium
2: oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which included jacobin included uh bread tube yeah included, and all the yeah. same people who are defending the jacobin cover yeah all the same types of folks yep. hated this shit i know Funny. I, was, I was proud of proud of my <laughs> my little dude <laughs> <It> <laughs> he, was, he managed see, to piss off all the right people he pissed everyone off all the right people <laughs> all the Jackman people all the people who think that like all you have to do in order to you know get equality and liberation for you know lgbtq people all you have to do is hold up the fucking flag which donald trump <laughs> has done
0: yeah i know right i that, i know the flag part is so silly to me because it's like your identity is so like weak that you that it's reduced down to just a symbol a a rainbow symbol that's the entirety of your identity and who you are and like how you exist in this world is just this these colors shoved together it's so dumb like that that's not lg that's not queer identity it's it's the reification of queer identity exactly into (laughs) into like a symbol into a capitalist like consumable symbol that's mm-hmm. what you're you're mad about the thing that you consume as like part of your identity is being represented as something that is part of the establishment that you think you're against but you're well not. and
2: th- that's the thing about it too is ultimately the politics supported in these types of areas are very much about being like included in the capitalist structure like a lot of the time if you pay attention to the actual logistical end game of it it's you know we want you know, racial, ethnic, um, gender, sexual minorities properly represented in the ruling class, which is like, that is not actually equality. That is not that helpful. Well, that's what we're (laughs) going (laughs) to get. Well, yeah, and we're going to get it. And they're going to tell us that that's equality and oh, we made it because now you could work really hard and see class mobility into the, like, it's just like, it's the same right. shit that they've been telling people forever, except for it now includes inclusivity. It includes LGBTQ people. And like, I hate that. I fucking hate that. And I also hate the idea that like, I, I, I am like non-binary and pan and I don't talk about it a lot. And there's a reason I don't talk about it a lot. It's cause I don't think that it's that important to what I'm talking about. Right, um, right. But, um, I hate the idea that I'm supposed to be something because I'm those things. That's another reason why I don't talk about it a lot because that starts getting that shit asserted in my direction. Like, oh, you're that, but you're not this why aren't you and it's like no i i i'm sorry like i don't have to you know drape myself in you know rainbow colors in order to be the thing that and and it's not that i I have a problem with people who do that it's perfectly fine in fact i like some color Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's a weird thing to say but like (laughs) that's not even what i'm telling people that i'm against and and it's kind of like so you don't like fun it's like no i i don't like um the idea I'm supposed to be a specific thing, and that seems to be asserted here. There's sort of an essentialism that is being created in these types of symbolic representations being accepted right. as our, you know, primary thing. Yeah,
1: and you know, it, I think also looking at the outcomes of this stuff. So, uh, I, I'd be, I would be, I would love to be wrong about this, but uh, generally, when you know, when these symbols are used and these movements are created. Uh, they end up, and they end up being used in favor of capitalism and of capital mm-hmm. and of the existing power structures, oh, uh, you, to give them a just veneer. Look at pride parades, pride yeah. parades. Yeah, right. If there were, if there were some examples of these things, uh, ending up well, basically, um, you know, ending up being positively uh, pleasantly surprised by like, wow, like actually, people really fought off the recuperation and told Chase Manhattan Bank and Shell Oil to go fuck themselves. Uh yeah. you well know, if that happened There more, are examples like, of that. There are yeah. examples of that, but they
2: always end in the US government killing the leader.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> like, exactly. like the civil rights movement or the Black Panther Party or like it's that simple like yeah. it's it's either like it gets recuperated by the capitalist structure corporations can drape themselves in a flag of some kind and everybody is like yeah we're included now it, i mean we're included in a very specific way you have to be a certain thing in order to be this but we're included right yeah. and yeah
1: and um, i think uh it's like the i don't know it's like it's such a, a lack of interest in like the goal, the stated goals of the movement and the origination of the movement to mm-hmm. say that, like, oh, you know, I'm not really concerned about the recuperation of this thing. I, It's it's recuperated. That's simply how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, don't you care about about like the stated goals of the movement? Like th- they're not happening. Mm-hmm. Like well, we're actually lot, going in the other direction. A lot of them will say, well, of
0: course, capitalism is going to recouper- try to recuperate our movements. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to do
2: them. And I mean, well, like, yeah, I mean, on its face, like at face value, that statement is a hundred percent true.
1: Yeah. And the, However- thing, <laughs> and the thing,
2: I mean,
0: yeah, they, say, and they always say try to, and it's like, no, they do. They do like, don't say try mm-hmm. to, cause they do, but mm-hmm. also Ooh, like that's
2: what power does. It asserts itself.
0: If your movement is, is getting recuperated, then it, it wasn't actually like challenging the structures in the first place. And like you said, Peter, if it was, it gets shut the fuck down
2: (laughs) you know they they just kill the person that's that that simple or people
1: right and 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 because of this uh this thinning this thinning of the herd like the revolutionaries the people that are being effective are do get killed or they get uh given enough they they throw enough grant money at them that they completely Mm -hmm. uh you know go in the other direction um or they do something even to, like, Bernie Sanders, who
2: is not, like, in in theory, the yeah. biggest threat to capitalism to exist. However, they rearranged the entire primary race on him in a single day and yeah. just ended his campaign right there. And regardless of what was real and what was fake, that's what they did. They fucking ended it. They were done. And that's right. what happens when they don't want something to continue.
0: I just right. got a I got a text from his campaign today asking if I wanted to buy a sticker of him in his chair so they could donate well, I will some money say, to yeah, charity they,
2: or something. They gave all the money to Meals on Wheels, which I think is not like the worst thing to do hmm. by any means. Hmm. Um, like, I mean, there is some element of like, these things do something that is useful for society. But at the same time, like it's also endemic of exactly where Bernie Sanders is coming from. Like they're mm-hmm. not raising money to mount some kind of resistance to the structure. Is right. it, bad that he did i don't think I, in terms of like things that bernie it, sanders could do in response to that meme um it's probably
1: one of the better things but like I, yeah i'd I'd rather he give it to charity than to do more bernie style organizing because you know i'd, I'd rather they yeah, give it to i Meals mean it's, on Wheels it's clearly subversive
2: yeah <laughs> it's created a milieu of people who is clearly able to be you know repurposed to ultimately reinforce the structures as
1: they are yeah, so when people aren't willing to analyze these movements, uh, and they're not willing to fight back against the recuperation, they're de- what they end up doing. Like, people's reaction to this meme was so strong, uh, and they're really just defending their ability to enjoy something. And it's, yeah. so, at the end of the day, just they're engaging with it. They're engaging with it <laughs> as a fandom. It's like I yeah, need, yeah. I need this this movement um, as an individual by supporting this movement, I can. Uh, feel good about myself i don't have to analyze the movement or try to steer it in any direction i'm just here to enjoy i'm here to enjoy it and trust the process yeah (laughs) trust the plan Uh, (laughs) let people enjoy things yeah so just
2: let me have this one (laughs) and it's the same people
1: you know what's crazy too is like it's the same people that uh you know are in the demographic that participates most heavily in fandoms um, oh yeah, and like vast majority of them
2: very much love Steven Universe. Yes,
1: yeah, or or you know <laughs> Harry Potter or, or Harry right. Potter, right? Uh, Parks and Recreation, you know stuff like that. And oh my God, Park! <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I
2: don't even hate the show Parks yeah. and Rec. I just find it so fucking annoying when I see these people like bringing up Leslie Nope and showing like yeah. pictures of Joe well, Biden when he was on the show. Leslie Nope like, wasn't a,
1: a joke. She's probably the only Joe Biden fandom person out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there used to be kind of a Joe Biden fandom, like because of the onion, like 10 years yeah. ago where they, you know, he was like this cool guy who wore like aviators and ate ice oh, cream. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. It was, I, semi- yeah,
1: ironic totally
2: though. It was, yeah. there, there was a semi-ironic element to it. Um, I don't, cause you know, when Joe Biden was the vice president, like one of the running things that I, I remember like liberals talking about a lot, people who I was, um, I would say probably aligned with uh, in, in, you know, the early Obama administration, the thing that most liberals, they basically tried to be like, Joe Biden is kind of a, a cool figure, like somebody who has a presence, but like doesn't really say or do anything. And like, he's kind of there to be a hype man yeah. for Obama. Like this is a big fucking deal. If you remember that, um, the BFD thing where he came up behind Obama at uh, when uh, Obama was about to announce the ACA, he puts his hands on Obama's shoulder. He's like, "This is a big fucking deal, man." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Oh yeah." Like it was Uncle Joe making his gaffes. Yeah, such a cool guy. He was like the but cool don't uncle. worry about like his actual opinions. Like right. it doesn't matter. Yeah, they were like m-
0: they were massaging his his uh, his PR early, huh? They like they yeah. had him lined up ready to go. Alex put yeah, together. a <laughs> A, a an article about what this was august of 2019 and he he looked at all the facebook affinity data based on each mm-hmm. candidate because at that point we still had like 20 people running yeah and it's so interesting because he broke it down by like age and gender and like what were the top three candidates in each affinity group so like gen x you know pete Buttigieg was like the most you know, had the of most yeah. of the 35 to 54 group and whatnot. And uh, Joe Biden didn't have anyone. He wasn't the top for any of these groups, not zoomers, or w- even the breakdown between like men and women, like, right. Nobody cared, like nobody cared about him, but he was like the most well-known in, in general. Right. That was yeah, sort I mean, of He's the- like a,
1: you know, his success is a product of patronage and of uh, mm-hmm. yeah. the democratic machine working its magic. know in conjunction with the media um but yeah like looking at the the other candidates as like these fan as really just as all they were were fandom communities uh, Mm um to varying degrees and like elizabeth warren um had the most like pungent fandom uh Mm -hmm. uh bent to to her campaign where like she had the most affluent educated uh (laughs) base of most whites yeah um, and you know it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I, unfortunately, they don't have data yet for Stacey Abrams, but I'd be fascinated to look at that. But Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is even more extreme um, on Facebook. Like, she is an interest category on Facebook that you can target, mm-hmm. and if you look at her, the people that are most interested in her on Facebook, they're like hundreds of times more likely than the average facebook user to to have gone to grad school hmm. to work in uh <laughs> you know kind of pmc occupations and like arts entertainment and media or as like uh basically a like non- non-profit sector like administrators and stuff like that uh you know this is not you know and she's a, a product of this like jacobin uh dsa milieu which unfortunately you know it's like a, a it's not really like a work, it doesn't have a working class composition. It's being like, uh, you know, these people, these institutions act as kind of hype, fandom hype uh, generators for these people. And it's Mm an incredibly insular culture. And like, she just happened, um, you know, they were able to like make some magic happen for her to beat Joe Crowley. But like, there's very little, like there's very little working class support holding this stuff up and what we see as the left. Well, and also in terms of, also, in
2: terms of how they were able to beat Crowley, um, I-, I mean, you don't have all of the controversy that a- AOC has caused uh, working against her at that point. Uh, she was able to beat Crowley because she was hmm. echoing Bernie Sanders' um, platform, which is an extremely popular platform among working class people. Yeah. Um, it seemed like the thing that was actually, you know, had a chance at changing society as it screwing them in a lot of respects, um, particularly in healthcare, but in other ways, too, like, uh, you know, marijuana is actually a much bigger issue for working class people, I think, than any of these fucking idiots at the DNC want to pretend. Uh, but like that kind of stuff, it actually, you know, speaks to those people. And when you don't have this, like, really intense anti-fandom which AOC does have to be completely clear Um, sort of emphasizing absolutely everything that she does wrong and showing like this, these things align very much with, you know, capital and the capitalist state's agenda, as opposed to your agenda of the working people. You didn't have that. You had like a bunch of shit libs and rad libs look great next to shit libs when you don't know what a rad lib is, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, she's just getting set up the thing is too like what i hate to keep saying jacobin but what all <laughs> what jacobin and dsa want to do like the I, the best case scenario is that we all like root really hard for aoc for the next 8 to 12 years and then she's gonna get sm- absolutely smoked in a presidential primary by like Stacey abrams and pete booty judge and mm-hmm. she'll you know she won't be able to go above a certain percentage of people uh who are in this like class composition of people that work in like arts media entertainment that went to grad school or work at nonprofits. she's not gonna be able to break out of that and so like and this is all we have is like oh we just want to enjoy to be we just want to enjoy being in this fandom for the next 8 to 12 years so she's liz warren part two yeah yeah basically or even
2: you could even say obama part two Hmm. um or part four or i don't i don't i don't know how many (laughs) obamas there's been (laughs) <laughs> or what number Obama actually is in that sequence. I
1: don't think she can break out like Obama did, though.
2: No, I don't either. Yeah, um, that is thats I, I would definitely agree with you on that aspect of it, because it's like there's too much confusion of who the base actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, like if supposedly she has all these working class policies that's great why does every working class person hate her yeah (laughs) like why do working class people see this person and have revolted and somebody like would probably respond oh her race and it's like no that's not true no because um that's uh, for one let's talk about you know the fact that trump was able to expand support with hispanics and black folks etc and for two let's talk about how white Alexander Ocasio-Cortez's support actually is, how white the Democratic Party for that matter actually is. It's the same reason the cover is repellent to working class people. They exactly. Can, they can see it, they can see that. They can the, sense the, the aesthetic. Bullshit. like this yeah. isn't about me. Right. This isn't about my life. This isn't about my interests. And ultimately, that's what politics has to be about in order Mm -hmm. um, to be progressing in a manner that is actually helpful for everyone. Uh, The people who are in the the lowest rungs of society, that's the working class and poor, which, by the way, uh, as much as people love to say, like, that's a white thing. No um, minority, uh, whether it's uh, ethnic or racial or Uh, sexual or... It comes um, in all 31 flavors. It does. Every one of those flavors (laughs) is overrepresented in the poor and working class, too. And that's the thing that all these people, they they work as hard as they can to obfuscate because obviously the ultimate goal is raising up people who are ultimately supportive of liberal ideology. Mm -hmm. But the working class, it doesn't matter what identity you are, you look up and you see people who are full of shit and you can tell because your primary worry is like you said earlier rent it's it's grocery money it's like um if you're sick being able to pay for medication or something like that like it it's not it, it, the concerns of that cover even as a satirical masterwork are just <laughs> so out of line with yep. their concerns or alexander casio cortez for that matter like aesthetically they can just tell it's just it's signaling the PMC's of the world as opposed to the working class. And when even like the working class is something that you're supposed to signal to, uh, like that's the only hope is that they'll signal to it and she doesn't.
0: Yeah. Well, they reduce, they reduce gains for minority groups down to representation within, Mm -hmm. you know,
2: the elite status. Do we have successful minority Right. Group people like and that's not like a good metric at all that's a fucking terrible metric like yeah. when we talk about like are 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 there are there successful minority people are they getting equality of opportunity here uh and it's like who cares like the problem here is like material look at look at if you want to talk about where minorities are look at where their actual material status is like are trans people getting denied for like uh, houses less? Are they, are they suddenly less poor? Like is the amount of trans people that are poor going down? No, it's no. not. If anything, it's getting worse.
0: Right. But there can, but people are conditioned to look at it that way. Is like mm-hmm. the representation is the real thing. And mm-hmm. that's why they got so mad at this, this meme that Neobium did uh, because they see that the representation is the thing. It's not Mm -hmm. the, it's so separated from like real life. Reality is like, it's all just projection into the spectacle and into like what we're looking at. Oh, that's me up there on the screen. If you take that away, that's my whole, that's my whole life, you know?
2: Well, you referenced the spectacle. Like it's literally um, the idea that all lived descends into representation. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that is everything that was directly lived has moved away into a representation. It, 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 uh, it descended from uh, having, like having as a signifier in like the 1950s, like keeping mm. up with the Jones, what do they have? Mm-hmm. Do they have a nice car? Do they have a, to um, uh, appearing to have. Right. Like, and, and even like the having was itself an obscuring of simply being like when there was always like in the 1990s, there was this joke that like, what kind of person are you? And then people would describe like their consumer likes and stuff. And they'd be like, no, but what kind of person are you? (laughs) And, and, and they, they were basically making fun of the idea that there was some disconnect there. But I mean, even the, the descending from uh, being to having, and then having to appearing to have. Right. We don't have anything anymore. Everything is rented now. Yeah.
0: There's, we don't even, we don't even have anything. You have to, Borrow everything, rent everything. Nothing is owned.
2: And how it- can you be when you don't have? Like, how can you? Yeah. Um, how can you self-actualize in in the case where you have no agency? And owning, yeah. especially in capitalism, is how you get agency. You get yeah. agency over things
1: by having capital. Right. Is how you have power in capitalism. Right. You know, uh, I'll even add too, like that people's reaction to this meme. Uh, not even being. These movements don't even represent successful representation because we still do not have an equality of, of outcomes no. for all of these groups in that meme. Uh, but people are mad about, people support these movements because uh, by participating in them, they're saying like, they're hoping that there can be an equality of outcomes someday. And the movements are not achieving that and telling them that makes them very mad because at the end of the day, like they, you know, it's about their participation in the movement. It's not even about like mm-hmm. um, abstractly supporting it because I think many people that are mad about it actually have gone, you know, gone, basically gone for a walk in the street uh, mm-hmm. with one of these groups, whether it's a, a pride parade or a Black Lives Matter march. A lot of these are just kind of going on a walk through a neighborhood and chanting some stuff and then saying like, I'm doing this because I want equality of outcomes or I want liberation for this group. And, you know, I, I think it's like giving, giving that group of people respect to like, because many of the people in these, in these groups represented by like, you know, Black Lives Matter claims to speak for black people or the pride flag uh, represents like, um, you know, the, the pride parade movement or something. Uh, many people in these subgroups and in these uh, uh, minority groups are very angry at these groups for being like false leaders or misleaders mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of, and betrayers of their material interests, and like I want to listen to those people. I, I I do. I know, call me a lib, but like I want to listen to those voices because that's like those are the voices that we need to hear because uh, they're getting marginalized in their own groups. <laughs> listening to the voices means only listening to the
2: voices that agree with you, mm-hmm. not not the- That's what I'm doing. And and given we all start. Given we all start in neoliberal like conceptualization of society, then it's, it's obviously you have to on some level, accept neoliberalism. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks.
1: <laughs> no, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just spamming uh, among us lobbies so I can try to play with AOC. Cause I know she's <laughs> on there. I just really hope that one day
2: I'll be a popular enough streamer that I can play a game of among us with a sitting politician Uh. (laughs) that's like that's like (laughs) that's like the ultimate like are you kidding like really like that's like the big thing that like you get for this like well personally for them it's great well yeah and it does it it does definitely spread like let's say um you're a, a popular streamer who is saying all cops are bad and then you get onto one of these streams, like, of course, uh, you get to sort of, you know, make your name much bigger because that stream got something like 600,000 people watching, I don't remember. There's a lot of people watching it and it works really good in the attention economy. Uh, But like, if if you actually have a valid, like, or rather coherent political perspective you're attempting to push, is it really that helpful? No, because like the people who were saying all cops are bad, or all cops are bastards and or, or, or whatever. And then, you know, we're either on or fiercely defensive of that stream are now like happily turning over information to the FBI. Right, and because it's-, it's not
0: threatening because saying all cops are bastards or ACAB or whatever, it's not threatening. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, if you had a threatening political message, you wouldn't get in- invited to a stream like that in the first place like yeah
2: that's just not how it works well and also the the all cops are bastards thing i think really lends itself to sort of obfuscating systemic critique on that issue particularly because if you are talking about like a systemic critique of the police a you have to talk about what they're protecting which is you know private property in the state um and b you have to uh you have to more or less show that there are other problems besides the police right. that contribute to the fact that the police have all of this power. Right. So, Well, why like, are they in- bastards? Yeah, exactly. Because they made bad choices. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're bastards. And,
2: and then that, that, that gets people to this yeah. position where they're thinking like, well, the problem, like it makes people think that systemic thinking is simply replacing people in positions within the system uh, so like systemic racism means getting rid of racists that have positions within the system or, you know, getting <laughs> thats what it ends up being. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's not, I mean, that's insane. That's yeah. genuinely just like, like the st- structures themselves are built on inequalities. They're the, the idea of a state itself is, is literally, be- it arises out of class contradictions that need to be maintained or the society collapses in some way and, and you move on to some other form of hoarding of wealth or you just, you know, maybe democratically distribute it and, you know, have some sort of accountable government uh, that works for everyone rather than having a state. I don't know, um, but that's me. Yeah, it doesn't matter what individuals pull out the board game of Monopoly
0: out of the closet and play it. It's always going to be mm-hmm. fucking Monopoly that they're playing. exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> whether it's monopoly or life or whatever war yeah. games that were made by and monopoly even was intended as like uh right. a game that was subversive of capital critical right. of capitalism right and uh when milton bradley got a hold of it they just turned it into like landlord simulator they're and- like oh it
0: was it was you play monopoly for real it was meant to be ironic you didn't get it <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fucking yes, nailed it on that one. That's what it is. That's what it is. (laughs) Except for like Monopoly was originally a lot more critical of capitalism than a picture of Joe Biden with a halo. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, you just don't get it.
0: You're not cool (laughs) enough to get the (laughs) irony.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. And imagine like people being like, if you're critical of Monopoly now, they're like, it wasn't always like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't created to be like this. It was actually an anti-capitalist game, and I still like it, even though it's been completely recuperated. I do still like Monopoly. I still like
2: playing Monopoly, do you? to be honest. Yeah, I enjoy psycho. Monopoly. Peter, yeah. what the hell?
0: I yeah, hate I know. that I, yeah. I like I Star Wars Monopoly. Psycho. You know what? Star Wars Monopoly is pretty cool. Actually, that's how Alex and I got <laughs> together, is we were like, you own a copy of Star Wars Monopoly? You do
2: too? Uh-oh. It's built yeah, it's on... Met- our shared fandom. It's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a demonstration of exactly like all of this. Like even people who are intensely critical of it, like I like Monopoly. You like Star Wars Monopoly in particular. <laughs> Give me that Sonic the Hedgehog Monopoly, man. If you're start
1: if you're if your Monopoly isn't uh, grounded in Star Wars, it ain't Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you can't buy like
2: uh, the thirteen, thirteen district on Coruscant. Like this is a <laughs> monopoly, man.
1: No, we. It's it's the original trilogy. It's not uh, none of that Coruscant shit. <laughs> it's all about Yavin Five. Uh, <laughs>
2: that's some pretty undeveloped real estate out there. Maybe worthwhile.
1: <laughs> it's not worth much,
2: no. <laughs> oh, Star Wars. Yeah. We... <laughs> it's funny. I think that's just really funny because like it doesn't. The thing is, is all of this stuff, it's ultimately kind of capitalizing on like real, like human, uh, like feelings and things. Like uh, we all like things. We all uh, also like want to laugh at power. We all want like these like relationships uh, are generally, like we all prefer real ones to these awful transactional things that they sell us through apps. Uh, But like at the same time, These apps exist because we want that stuff because they've managed to figure out a way to uh, sort of undermine uh, the fact that we could have that stuff. Like these mediating platforms exist like to make a product, to force us to uh, consume things a certain way. And, you know, I would say that the Jacobin cover, I would say that that meme, I would say that all of this is related in that way because... Ultimately, the mediating platform gets to put out something for X demographic. And in the case of, like, the Jacobin cover, it's people who, like, understand that, like, I guess, understand that they're... I mean, there's a certain doomerism in it. There's, there's like, we can't go any further. Mm. So this is how we're going to hold him accountable. This is how we're... and, And somehow that satire, I don't know. I don't really...
0: I don't get the joke.
2: I'm not cool enough. I feel to, like you need to log off. Then you'll get the joke. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, you need to log off. That's the, That's problem. the problem. You're <laughs> online so <I'm> terminally <laughs> online. It's not like
1: all of these people aren't terminally online. I know, right? You have to be extremely rich or extremely poor to be able to log off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. In this great reset hell world that we live in. <laughs> yeah. And when you're extremely poor and you have to
2: log off, it disadvantages you to yeah. such a horrible extent like <laughs> you you don't have any choice but to log off you couldn't log in in the first place mm, like that's right. more what it is and you're horrifically disadvantaged really right. the only way you can do it and not be disadvantaged is by being I'm
1: risk telling people rich. to log off is essentially a death threat because they're telling you to, to go outside and get exposed to covid Yeah, <laughs> put yourself in danger. <laughs> It's violence.
0: No, it's a lib pandemic. <laughs> I miss going to the gym. I'll say that much. Yeah, but I'm also like, I don't want to risk it. Part of me is like, you know, I I know it's overhyped, but I'm also like, I I don't want to accidentally die from it because <laughs> I'm yeah not being careful.
2: Yeah, and also like the people who are. The people who, who, who say things like, and, and I do believe this because this is what power does with every catastrophe that happens. It is being taken advantage of yeah. by the power structure. And if you say stuff like that, people think that you're minimizing it. Mm-hmm. And if you died from it, they'd be like, that's what you get for minimizing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right. I know, well, and that that's another whole thing is like, when you question these things and the way that they're leveraged by power, such as the pandemic, or even, you know, in, in my cri- tweet that was critical of the Jackman cover, I brought up the fact that they talk about, if you click on the link that's in their tweet, they talk about um, ecological crisis as being the next thing that needs to be stewarded by our political movement or whatever they said. Um, and that's just, that's going to be the next thing that that is leveraged by people in power to say, we can't talk about you know your material needs right now we can't talk about these issues the mm. dire threat right now is that the planet is dying and if we don't talk about that then you're a, you're a, mm. a climate denier you don't you don't believe mm-hmm. in science believe science you know and it's like can i believe that like you know pa- uh, the pandemic is real or that ecological crisis is real but also question the way it's being handled and the way it's being like talks
1: about by you know they're they're setting up their next delay tactic i think the climate was going to be the next like yes real thing that's happening that is going to be used as a justification to not do redistribution mm-hmm. uh but covid covid came up faster and mm-hmm. it like was far more effective but the climate will be the next one uh, and that's why like, degrowth mm-hmm. is gaining so much purchase yeah similar to the other movements that were hopelessly recuperated degrowth is going to be recuperated and many people think is, that they is. support well yeah many people in their minds they they they're they're in a fandom for the good degrowth that does have redistribution but that's not what's going to happen they're going to be used and at the end of it they're going to be like okay we're doing degrowth but uh you know we're not going to do the one that the socialists uh, suggested we're going to do our degrowth where mm-hmm. like people that are already poor are going to be told that they need to have less and uh you know yeah. sorry guys uh and that's going to be the next crisis and then you know, when you're, um, when people who have less are living under this kind of forced austerity for the environment, they're going to be told like, oh, you know what, you're, you're demanding more for yourself. I guess you don't really care about the environment, do you? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's what's good. That's what's going to happen. I mean,
2: I think you're probably I, I, I'm going to have to say, I agree with that because here's the thing, like uh, you and I can say like, oh, well, degrowth should mean um, x thing degrowth should mean we aren't doing uh, uh infinite growth in terms of like these profit generating mechanisms and we you know redistribute that wealth and and do whatever but we don't have the power to enact degrowth do we right
1: <laughs> like, exactly yeah, they do right.
2: the ones exactly. that can do it are the ones that don't like that kind of degrowth they kind of like the idea of generating profit right. so they're going to pull this whole great reset thing where the mechanism for you know profit or sorry the mechanism for concentrating wealth for uh, you know hoarding wealth is going to be rent as opposed to profit like yeah it'll be oh we we finally stopped doing the whole infinite growth thing um <laughs> give me your rent for you know your your razors for this month
1: so you can shave
2: or, or give us, and I'm, I'm using that as a hypothetical because it's real already.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's a startup in our town that um, is a great, I mean, it's not branded as a great reset company, but basically it's a, it's an online platform where you can put any of your appliances to work for you. So if you have like a set of mixing bowls, you can put them on the platform and people can rent them from you. And you share them with like the community, the community. Of course, it's, it's, of course, there's some element of social responsibility included in it. Yeah, it's like, mutual aid. Well, it's good for the environment, but <laughs> yeah, but then the platform collects a cut and then you, you own the stuff and you're like collecting a cut, but you don't actually, if you need your stuff, it might be at like, you know, Joe Schmo's house down the block or something. You might not have it when you need it, but. Yeah, but we're helping that's the such planet. Like,
2: micro-landlording. That's so fucking weird. They're like, I know. That's what it's. Everything's gonna be
0: micro landlording. That's that's where we're going. That's the direction we're going in. <laughs> it's so
2: fucking weird. <laughs> oh no, my fucking blender, man! I I wanted to make like <laughs> I wanted to make a smoothie, but I rented off my blender to the guy on the street.
0: Yeah, I, it's already it, it's already happened with media. Like nobody owns mm-hmm. physical media anymore. It's no, all no. rented media.
2: Well, we're not even renting the I, media. We're renting access to
1: a library of media. Right. That they can retcon and change at any time mm-hmm. i gotta i are. gotta get my copy of home alone 2 before they uh, destroy all them to get rid of trump i, I need them him. to make a new version
2: with more trump <laughs> Can they do that? Can they insert him in more scenes with CGI? <laughs>
0: oh my god. I want god. the George
1: Lucas version of him <laughs> Oh my god. Trump Trump actually replaces Macaulay Colkin in the movie. <laughs> he doesn't He's want to leave the technology. House. He's wearing Jedi yeah. robes.
2: <laughs> he's also both of the criminals who are breaking in the mouth well no the sticky
1: bandits have to be like hillary and joe biden yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> trying to try to take uh trump's stuff <laughs> <laughs> Thought yeah, we should we should make this happen. I
2: think this is this is how we make tons of money off of the MAGA folks at the moment. Like we could really grip this. Oh my god. <laughs> the Trump yes. edition,
1: the Trump cut. The Trump you guys, cut.
2: you guys, you guys are worried about them taking Trump out. Well, guess what we fucking did?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we put him in every movie. <laughs> there is no role not played by Donald Trump in this version of Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I would actually really like that version, to be honest. <laughs> like, it would be the worst disaster I think of all time, and well, I would love it. It's
1: like that version of Doom where it's like all Tim Allen. Oh my god! And he's just going like. Uh, 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 uh,
2: uh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> he's the mom on the plane.
0: <laughs> Kevin, have, are you have-
2: sure we didn't leave anything at home? <laughs>
0: Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: A, video, a, a movie where Trump uh is is in post zombie, uh, Britain. <laughs> he's all the zombies too. He's he's, he's all the zombies. Yeah, <laughs> he's the best zombies.
1: They're <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> most luxurious zombies. <laughs> they come from uh, great stock. They're uh, they're all unstoppable.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're very hungry.
2: These jokes are all funny now that he's disappeared.
0: I I know This it's wouldn't
2: like- be funny a year ago. <laughs> He's like, it's genius. He's like, we're rehabilitating him. (laughs) We
0: are. We're doing the work of
2: rehabilitating Trump.
0: We're doing the work. Oh my god, the most valuable person ever now. For any kind of media thing, is he's like.
1: That's. I mean, that's and that's what he's going to do. Is that he is going to create his own media platform? Yeah. And. It is going to be, yeah, everyone's acting like he's. It got, is going to be gone. the best media platform, <laughs> Yeah. just to be clear. Like, it's going to be the one that just wipes the
2: floor with all the other ones. I was going to say, and like a lot of these folks, like your Steven Crowder's and all of them have like a presence established on band.tv. Hmm. Uh, despite the fact that none of them are even banned, which says yep. that there is a definite like demand. There. They want to get banned. Yeah, they want to have this aesthetic of being banned by the, the polite platforms, which is like Stephen Crowder still has a YouTube channel. <laughs> that's kind of like
0: what our, our next project is probably going to be is a video on the spectacle and kayfabe and like manufactured stuff um, like rally to restore sanity might be sort of a sticking point for
2: us. I think that's um, a very good that's because uh, that whole thing that was i mean when you go back and look at it it's really like awful like yeah. the stuff that was said at it is really like anti any kind of progress almost it's yeah. really yeah fucked up on it even like mild progress it's kind of basically against
1: that's where we're going and it's going to happen yeah. i mean there will be like new wrinkles to it but i mean that was held at the end of the obama two years where they had a chance to like to do some stuff mm-hmm. uh, that was held on get out the vote weekend after like two full years of Obama and the Democrats got historically wiped, you know, two -hmm. days later on, on, on the election day. Uh, And that was like the big magnum opus of like this entire generation of Democrats was like, they showed up with Reddit signs and arrested development signs and like all this Mm -hmm. ironic shit. And now a lot of these people are in the irony left, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, kind of shrugging about their own powerlessness and shrugging about like rolling their eyes at people that like do cringy, uh, you know, try hard stuff. Um, who Those those cringy ass people who are like,
2: actually like mean what they're saying, like fuck those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know,
1: right? They, they didn't just like, take. you know, a lot of these people, um, you know, it's a sensibility kind of like I mentioned, you know, nine months ago, uh, Bernie Sanders was being called a racist and misogynist, and his supporters mm-hmm. were being called racist and misogynist. And like the Working Families Party, they even like did this whole thing. Like when when the Working Families Party didn't re- release the results of the uh, of the endorsement vote, and people were like, "What the fuck?" Like it was pretty clear that Bernie won the rank and file members, mm-hmm. and Working Families Party was just like, "You're racist for asking this question. <laughs> you got to stop. You're doing <laughs> a violence to us." uh and so like this generation of people, literal they, violence yeah <laughs> this generation of people has been trained to give up and to like just say roll their eyes and say oh you know it's it's cringe to like care this much you guys just need to like take this on the chin and like go away quietly and that's you know that that rally was uh i don't know if it, was, it wasn't the beginning of it but it's like a major moment Uh, Mm -hmm. that we can point to and like there's a lot of good footage of it too it'll be well you were, and you're also
0: doing some research too right Alex where you discovered that like Rosa Parks and like uh, Stonewall all those things were actually orchestrated kind of behind the scenes things and the idea behind this is that like every everything that you see on TV or whatever in the history books is basically like a managed kind of yeah thing like it you know kind of ties back to what happened on the sixth the the the, the coup right written in hard um. quotes
1: yeah I'm I'm working with a few few facts that like one there hasn't been a citywide strike in the United States in 75 years and there hasn't been a citywide strike since the widespread adoption of television mm-hmm. and there's something there's something there that like Rosa Parks for example I mean, obviously that was like, she was not the first person to protest or do any of that, but it was the first one that the television, the television covered and that like Mm -hmm. people ever, you know, the powers that be decided that we're going to canonize this incident of someone resisting and same thing with Stonewall. Like there were other, there were many other gay riots where like people died and like all kinds of shit happened, but that Mm -hmm. was the one that people decided to canonize and it's related to the adoption of TV. And like it created this kind of loop that we're stuck in, you know, for the last 50 years where these spectacles were like, you know, seen by everyone and they were canonized and they left a cultural imprint. And now people think like, oh, instead, the goal is not to like collectivize and create like a citywide, statewide, nationwide movement. It's about creating a spectacle that can get on the news that can be mm-hmm. like maybe that other people will see on the news and then they'll like do a little local version of it to like do something. Yeah. Um, which, yeah.
2: I mean, it's it's sort of developed into the sort of influencer mode of it where you have like, yeah. you have influencers now who call for like a general strike. And like the most you're going to get out of that is like three or four people in, in like a metro doing yeah. a general strike, which just, it looks like LARPing because yeah. it is LARPing. I think that what you're describing there is the kind of bridge to where we are with that kind of thing now, because again, like you create a spectacle and ultimately like the spectacle is sort of meant to imply the same thing that the influencer calling for the general strike today is just sort of saying outwardly um, that, Hey, if you want to do politics, you got to do this same thing. Also. Other people are dumb because they don't want to do <laughs> politics. So when you go out there and you stand in the rain with your umbrellas and your your homemade signs, you're the smart one. Yeah. You're the one doing the smart thing. And it's the problem is is that all these other
1: people they just vote against their own interests or what the fuck ever they say. It, it's a mo and it's a mode where. Recuperation's not even an issue anymore because mm-hmm. it, it's recuperated in the crib. It's it's mm-hmm. not even choices, it's not even choices that people are making to say, like, oh, I'm gonna recuperate this, I'm gonna neuter this movement. It's like, no, the mode itself is designed to be useless and like it's yeah. designed to create non nonprofits, designed to create jobs, it's designed to create media spectacles, it's designed to create very little like one-off victories mm-hmm. that are very hard to, for normal people are not normal people. They're not made for normal people to reproduce. They're made for like professionals to make their yeah. events.
0: And they're not made with any, any end no. goal in mind. It's like going to a con it's like going to a concert. That's why the people at the, you know, at the Capitol building, once they got in, they didn't do anything. Right. Or, oh, you know, man. the Fortnite dance, right? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> they just did the Fortnite victory dance.
2: And they're like, they oh. took selfies and <laughs> yeah. they, they played around the intercom, you know, <laughs> like They're it's like, like what you do when you go into yeah. your dad's work that's basically yeah. what they did
0: <laughs> oh my like god. i'm gonna staple all these pieces of paper together <laughs> i'm gonna put zip ties on and yes everything. one
2: guy had zip ties so the whole yeah. thing was a coup um <laughs>
0: and one guy like was a pervert who like stole aoc's shoes and yeah yeah
2: she's okay though <laughs> thank god Thank God. Well, I, there was a word I said on a stream the other day that I think is reflective of. I called oh. it precuperation.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I think that that's basically what I was that it's kind of yeah. the ideological generation of the descent. Like the the descent is coming from within the same ideology, and it's precuperated in yes. sort of a a manner where like it's set up to follow mm. the recuperation process as opposed to like a genuinely subversive thing that the structures exert power onto from the fact that they have total control over, let's say yeah. uh, media, for instance, like the media yeah. is an entirely capri- capitalist apparatus.
1: Yeah. You know, what, what's funny about that too, is that like we, we spent so much time talking about Jacobin and that meme and these different movements. And if they were simply recuperated, there would be things that we could identify to say that like, Oh, well, here's why it's recuperated. Here's what you, here's what can do to fix it, to take control of this movement back. Mm-hmm. But that's not even the, they're pre Like there's no fixing them. They are doomed. They're doomed completely. Well, you
2: can see the underlying market ideology in all of these things, like particularly in Jacobin and that they're literally advocating for market socialism. But um Like you can see the sort of like the the fandom dynamics at play like it's sort of inherent in what they're doing Mm. and they capitalize on the fact that this sort of big thing that was recognizing a lot of the problems in the united states happened the bernie sanders campaign and i'm sure that some element of that isn't genuine as well but suddenly you had all these people who are looking for uh somewhere to belong so to speak that got their place to belong. And they feel smart for having done it. They feel accepted. They feel, you know, unalienated, even though by any stretch, that's not true.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were ready and waiting because
2: more and more people are like, wow, shit's
0: fucked up. I got to do something about this. And they're like, Mm -hmm. well, why don't you come join our little group and you can put all that angry energy into, you know, doing make work. For us, you can write some articles and you can, like, you know, go to a little. You can, you can. Here's
2: do $120. A... You cannot live off of this in yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you're a paid writer now.
2: You can do right? it. Or,
0: yeah. Or you could do some mutual you're, you're aid. A real,
2: you're, a, you're a real journalist yeah. now. Yeah. You're doing <laughs> the real stuff. Here's, here's, it, it's, it's the institutional cultural capital of mm. having been published, so mm. to speak, as well. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing too, is getting
0: into how creative work is just so severely underpaid, undervalued in our society. And that, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's already set up to be like taken severe advantage of because people are, you know, there's so many excuses in the book. Like, oh, you get, you know, we're doing you a favor by getting your name in this well-known thing and Uh, there's a million other people who are lined up behind you to like do the work. Oh, it's not real work. It's not real labor because you're just sitting there thinking anybody could do it
2: kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But well, it's basically the flow chart that is ideology. It's essentially Mm -hmm. like you do this thing. We have this answer. If no, then this answer, if yes, then this answer, et cetera, et cetera. And they just keep you like on this path down a flow chart that is ultimately like you get further and further away from like the point of origin, uh it's it's that's how ideology works that's how recuperation works you mm-hmm. have a point of origin you start asking these questions and you start answering them with ideological answers that's where we go mm. yeah see and it
0: seems like creative labor is probably the hardest thing to organize oh uh, definitely I, I you didn't you have like a short i've brief Yeah, with with Brett. Tried
2: multiple times to try to organize uh, YouTube creators. YouTube creators. Yeah. Um. I. I. uh, I did it once on my own, just trying to get people into a thing, and and uh, sort of attempting to coordinate, having people understand where other people are coming from, sort of working with plans, sort of you know, kind of making some sort of attempt at creating, you know, like a a workable like uh, segment of. You know, leftist politics that is actively pushing some kind of leftist idea. Like, it's not even like a, a particularly advanced thing I was trying to do, just coordinate people and, and, and attempt to uh, have some agency uh, that we wouldn't otherwise against the YouTube algorithm. Um, God bless. Second. You, Peter. God bless you. (laughs) Yeah, that was, it was very naive to try to do that. But I wasn't, I I wasn't even that ambitious with that. I I feel like, I don't feel like it was that particularly ambitious of a project. And it was just like swatted down so hard by just like people's like inner sort of competitive ideology and how they all have like this idea that if you talk about certain things in a certain way, you're a certain, you're a type of problem. Um, This was long (laughs) before the sort of class reductionist discourse came about but it was the same idea um like the idea that having an organized political party for instance was statism and you were a tanky automatically um Mm. just if you could just reading lenin made you an authoritarian fascist Mm. um which was in just but anyways beyond that i tried again with um american johnson Mm -hmm. to sort of um more specifically, try to organize towards labor concerns like um, the fact that YouTube can kind of like do whatever the fuck it wants to the people that upload to the platform. Uh, and I think that it was a slightly smarter attempt mm-hmm. because it sort of actually worked towards, you know, shared interests that these people deal with, yeah. uh, as opposed to, you know, sort of trying to organize a more political agenda was trying to speak more to but even that like there were there's you immediately get people trying to expand the scope of the project mm-hmm. beyond um what you've stated as your intent and then with angie i also tried to i mean this was a very limited scope project we were trying to organize a sort of diverse thing like just uh, because there was so much of a complaint the idea that bread tube quoted, is so white, so, white. Yeah. so we were like, "Well, let's identify some actual like communists <laughs> who mm. are not white and mm. try to bring them up," and that was just immediately expanded in scope by the people who were brought in. And uh, you know, the thing is, is when you're talking about like a political organization or or some type of uh, just any kind of whether it's an official or unofficial organization you need to have like a, a limited scope and targets yeah. in order to uh, have any hope of achieving anything. Mm-hmm. And and by no means have I ever like, a, in any of these three attempts to do what I consider to be fairly limited scope projects, um, it just immediately balloons in scope when you add mm-hmm. in the creative people because they have their extremely like specific politics that are the only right version of <laughs> politics. Uh, and you also have the fact that they wish they could do more. So they think that they're part of a group now. And that means, oh, hey, if we just put our minds together, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And it's that's not true. It's not true by any means. Like Again, if you're organizing, you need goals, you need a limited scope, and you yeah. need a path towards achieving those things. And if those things don't serve shared interests of the people who are involved, people aren't going to be invested in it.
0: Well, that's where we can look to like capitalism in the business world because they're very good at organizing in, in these kind of ways where they have very specific goals and metrics mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. structure, uh, yeah. you know,
2: so if we can like well, borrow. Well, structure is bad. Anarchism is good. <laughs> yeah.
0: If we can like that, borrow some of this structure <laughs> and some of these like being, you know, some of the, this is why I like, we, we love to watch Shark Tank. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's like, we like hate watch it, but they they get these guys are smart too, you know, it's, and if we can learn how to like borrow these ideas from like the most unscrupulous capitalists and apply it to our own, you know, agenda in our own way we might actually achieve things,
2: you know, like we might have some deliverables on the table at the end of the day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It would be weird. That would be a weird thing though. But at the same time, you also have to consider the fact that a lot of that stuff is used, um, by your Mm -hmm. Jacobins and your, and like, they create these market demographics, these fandoms, and Mm -hmm. they do exactly. So it's just, you know, at what point, do you understand it as an organizing method or do you understand it as a business model? Because, (laughs) um, I think that, you know, your Jacobins and your, your various stuff of that milieu, the bread tube. I mean, they are independents, but they coordinate. If you think that they don't, that's silly. Um, (laughs) they look at this stuff as a business model and therefore they're accepting, um, much more limited in scope. I like ideological prospects and that, sort of redirects the project um as opposed to i think i think you're 100 percent right about observing these people and sort of taking from them or organizing methods or even um, methods of creating some kind of deliverable um i think that you just have to there, like we have to find ways to apply this stuff that doesn't just automatically concede the the ideological territory well that's otherwise a, yeah. again we're doing the whole rules for me, but not for the thing.
0: Well, that's exactly it. Is that, you know, I think what a lot of, yeah, what a lot of sort of entry level um, people think about uh, as far as leftists, they think about stuff as like just manual production, right? What we're talking Mm -hmm. about here is ideal ideological production. And that's what Jacobin Mm -hmm. does. That's what BreadTube does. That's what the Mm -hmm. media does is ideological production. Mm -hmm. So we need to be really Mm -hmm. clear. And I think that, you know, we, uh, the people here in this in this um, chat right now, we're the ones who are kind of trying to demystify how that ideological production works. And this is this is mm-hmm. what I think is would be really valuable to any kind of leftist project is demystifying how ideological production works. And that is through media, that is through art, that is through, you know news, and all that kind of stuff. So if we can demystify how all that works, then people start to recognize okay, we well that that is production in itself. The ideas, you know, mm-hmm. being being produced. It's not a it's not like a material mm-hmm. like houses being built or food being grown or things like that, but the ideological side we need to take a hard look at, at how that functions as well. And I think people people mm-hmm. just focus on on
2: the material world um, and material production well the interesting thing i think is that if you were actually doing material analysis you're more or less bound to consider these types of things because ideology impacts the material conditions of the world like if you say like i am only interested in material things you're not i mean unless you mean because ultimately although these things are abstract they exist in our brains they are matter they are influencing what we're doing and they change the conditions of the world, ideologies. And if you are producing ideology or reproducing ideology, for that matter, you are affecting the material conditions. Mm. And that just doesn't come out of nowhere. You need to have a critique of ideology. And that's ultimately, I think, what we're talking about here is, is ha- having a means to critique that ideology um, as we are you know, bringing people into a project that is resisting that ideology or whether it be a political party or some group. I... Think recently, um, I've gone towards the idea that we really need something along the lines of um, chapters of a, a something like the Black Panther Party, just because of how effective they were at actually, you know, bringing normal people in. And a large they would part feed of their people. Pro-
0: yeah, a large part of the exactly a large part of their program was the material needs of feeding people, but then mm-hmm. marrying that with you know, an ideological foundation. And exactly. Teaching, teaching people, okay, this is what our project is about. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a handout. And that's the problem with all this mutual aid that's going on, you know, is it, it's, it's all that feel good charity without any of the ideological foundations well,
1: or. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm very worried that I agree with that in, in principle, but I'm very worried that the mode, the mode, the act of feeding people ha- has been so, I mean, because of austerity also, like Uh, you know, in the 60s and 70s, maybe um, that was a more novel uh, way of getting people in the door and getting people engaged with their program. But today, every single nonprofit is doing their own version of that. It's been like, full the idea of feeding people has been recuperated. Um, I don't think they, I don't think they started it to be recuperated. But today, like every single town, I'm sure where you live, Peter, there's some kind of mutual aid group that works. Oh, I'm sure alongside uh, food banks and nonprofits and the local government uh, where they're doing some kind of like hybrid mutual aid hybrid nonprofit government alliance uh, to feed people. So I almost wonder like it's not literally like literally feeding people I'm not even sure if that's like potent anymore because so many people it, like the act of doing that is so associated now with like oh well, I'm doing it. It's like quasi charity, quasi like for a nonprofit, quasi like an act. You know, I'm telling myself it's a revolutionary act, but like I'm not really getting not really ever going to get there. Like, there's something about it now where it's like that idea of like finding something that people need and, and marrying it to like ideology. There's, you know, I don't know if like like I'm just concerned about like feeding the idea it of feeding works people because now. that's what the nonprofits are doing
2: ultimately. Like, yeah, it, like it's you can recuperate it but the action i would i would say that there is still potential in that kind of thing actually filling material needs yeah if you have an organization that is specifically like operating gaining like has like a political party specifically that collects dues from its members for instance Mm -hmm. like actually bringing in resources to use and again like i would say it goes beyond obviously feeding people. I think um, yeah. you could literally set up not like nonprofit-like services that are instead of you know tied to ex-billionaire are tied to the members and their dues. And I think you ultimately, mm-hmm. I mean, are you going to get everybody with it? No, but you yeah. can, you can at least. And unfortunately, you're competing in a market then. Right, but <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing is like these nonprofits you'd have to find a way to either do it better than them or to like explain to people why it's important that you're not funded by the government or by some billionaires.
2: I found some success in explaining why I'm not funded in those ways though. Like people are yeah. much more willing to fund me when I am very explicitly like, yeah, I don't take money from that. I don't do advertising, I don't do this mm. stuff. Like, yeah. Because whether they actually understand uh, like the mechanical reasons that you know them giving you money it sort of ingratiates them and you sort of think about yeah. you know what if I do something that will cut that line off for me like if, whether they understand that or not they do understand that money coming from corporate sources is you know it it isn't no strings attached money like whether it's a detailed critique of that situation or not I can't tell you but they do understand like yeah And they, they, and again, I am a YouTuber, I make videos. And so it's, it's slightly different situation, but at the same time, I have, again, I've found some success in explaining that. And if people were spending more time collectivizing that kind of power and creating organizations where members do uh, pay dues, and there's actually some degree of resources, that organization or um, rather political party, probably, I think it'd probably be better to stay away from organizations. Yeah. Um, You know,
1: I, I think, I think maybe what I, what I seized on when, what you, what you said about feeding people is that many people might hear that and think like, oh, I need to join an organization that's feeding people. And then Mm -hmm. it's game, you know, once you do that, it's game over because it's already like not explicitly set up to be anything. Like it's, it's it's already like, (laughs) right. It's pre So if you were to start a new project, And you were to say like, okay, what's important about this is that we're not, we're not doing like, for example, DSA, you know, does mutual aid in concert with a lot of NGOs and it ends up Mm -hmm. being like indistinguishable from charity or, um, it ends up being kind of brand building rather Mm -hmm. than like building power. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you were to do something that was like truly outside of that and like you had a, a, a group of people that understood why it was important, and you were prepared to like tell people over and over why it's important. I, yeah, I, I can see that they call it a vanguard. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it works. Yeah, <laughs> like it's been proven to work. <laughs> yeah, that's why they don't like it, though. That's why you find all these people who don't like it's that vanguardism sort of that's it a bad. Works. Word. <laughs> yeah, it works. That's the problem, though. Yeah, people will hate me for saying that.
0: <laughs> hate you for saying anything these days yeah i could say that puppies (laughs) are
2: cute and they would hate me for it
0: like is this a is this an uh a joke about me and my identity and
1: (laughs) we need to normalize uh non-cute puppies yeah you're fetishizing (laughs) you're
0: fetishizing
1: fetishizing the cuteness of puppies yeah you know what have you ever seen
2: an english bulldog they're not cute. You're <laughs> just projecting your standards of dog beauty onto like all dogs. And that's just not yeah. something that is okay here.
0: There's a lot of really ugly dogs out there. I'm much more of a cat person myself. We have a dog I have,
2: though. I have a cat. Yeah. You just got I, a cat, right? Yeah. Yep. How's that going? <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I mean, it's a good cat, but it's terrified of me. Aww. Kitty will come around. Yeah, his his owner was not um not great, hmm. so it's so part of that. how old is your kitty not a little under a year.
0: Okay, still young and impressionable. Yeah, I time. think it's
2: still possible that the cat will warm up to me.
1: We have to feed him, and then he'll <laughs> he'll be open to your project.
2: Yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, that's how you get cats on board. <laughs> that it, that's when once they're satisfied and their stomach is full, you're like, all right, now you read. You know, state and revolution. Yeah. (laughs) Cat food gets the goods. You've been
0: listening to the Space Commune Podcast. I'm Fox. I'm Alex.
2: I'm Peter. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Do you want to, like, plug things? I'm sure everybody who listens to our show is already listening to your stuff.
2: Follow me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) It is at (laughs) PeterCarpin.com. That's the... (laughs)
1: <laughs> i think our venn, our, our venn diagram is probably pretty close although it's circles, probably pretty close yeah. our circle is a lot smaller than yours but yeah, yeah. we're a tiny circle instead of <laughs> peter's giant circle we have like a time we have like one little pixel that's outside of peter's so <laughs> that's the space commune bump that you're that's, gonna get yeah that you're yeah. gonna get that space commune
2: bump. that one pixel that one <laughs> that that one guy who doesn't know who both of us are yeah <laughs> We'll call him John. <laughs> John, go go subscribe to Peter Coffin's <laughs> oh, YouTube channel. <laughs> John, I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> <laughs>